I don't have to do any uh, preaching today, so um, we're going to let the kids be dismissed and uh, follow Miss Brenda out the back, and then we're going to have, uh, Trey's going to share just a little bit about what's going on with YWAM and the School of Evangelism. Do I have that right? Yeah. The School of Evangelism that he's in, and then an opportunity he has to do some mission work this, uh, this summer. So as those guys go out, Jordan and Jordan, are y'all going to get to stay for lunch? Y'all got to go. Okay, very good. So I tell you what, y'all get to make sure everybody uh, grab a hug and, uh, and, uh, and uh, make sure and tell Jordan and Jordan you love them. They're going to get to stay for lunch, and y'all, uh, y'all get to see them here. So anyway, with no further ado, Trey Anders. Hey. Hey. Oh, hi. Hi, Juice. Um, hey, you. Um, I, got to, I got a lucky chance to come this weekend uh, back home. I had to go to a doctor's appointment and do blood work for blood pressure stuff. And I got medicine for it. Woo, yeah, praise the Lord. Um, but while I was here, um, it was an awesome, awesome opportunity to come see my church. So, like, praise the Lord for that. Um, but anyways, SOE, the School of Evangelism, has been ridiculously amazing. It's completely life-changing. It's like DTS, that first school, was about, oh, God's blessing you. God's blessing you. Here's some blessings. Here you go. And now School of Evangelism is about how to be the blessing, you know, because, like, God multiple times says, since I have blessed you, be a blessing, over and over again to so many people. I mean, um, Jesus even told that to his disciples, told that to Moses. He told that to all kinds of prophets and all kinds of disciples in the church. And even Paul, uh, Jesus, you know, pretty much said, since I blessed you, bless others. Well, scripture uh, came to mind. I don't know the exact address, but um, it's in, I'm pretty sure, First Peter 28. And it talks about using your gifts to bless other people. As the things God's given you, bless the other people around you with. And like I said last time I was here, oh, I always feel weird coming back to church for the fact that I wish I could do something to give to you guys, because I know I wouldn't be in YOM if it wasn't for the church support that I have. I mean, um, I always hear SOE students like, yeah, I got a church of like, you know, uh, 17,000. They all support me. And I'm like, that's great, man. I got a church of about 50, and every single one of them supports me. There's not a single person. It feels good to say that. It feels good like this church right here, no, like no matter how big it's going to get, no matter how small it is, I know it's the family-based church. It's like, have you, how, how many of y'all have heard of the spheres of influence? Like, you know, like media, education, family, government, all these things. Um, well, there's one called family. And it's funny because each church you go to has kind of a focus on a sphere. Usually some will have more than one. And this one is definitely a sphere of influence is family in this. When somebody comes here, you see the base of family. I mean, it's just so crazy. I can see it all the time. I mean, it's not even the crumps. It's just every single family here. I mean, Everybody has family values in here, and I feel like that's what God is blessing this church with. And also, I just told David this. Uh, it was kind of funny. I've been getting, like, I've been asking God, and SOE, my main struggle is, what's my identity in Christ? You know, people see my identity as, oh, Trey can play the guitar, he's the musician, or he makes videos, or he was in choir once, or, man, I, I heard he punched a girl in second grade. You know, that's what my, that's what I'm known as. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I keep on getting this crazy, and I mean, um, usually when I lead worship, you know, it's just, it's, at first it was just normal. Somebody would ask, I'm like, yeah, I can play guitar. I can sing. It's yeah, I can help you lead worship. And then, um, it's funny because, uh, starting about four weeks ago, I was playing worship every single day and I played worship every day for three weeks and I was getting worn tired. I was like, I cannot play anymore. Like I have to put down the guitar. I got to stop singing. Like I'm so tired. Like somebody randomly called me, Hey, I need somebody to help me because, um, I've always been the fill-in in the past. Except the funny thing is I've been the fill-in everywhere but here. Um, they've never said, hey, somebody can't show up. Do you want to lead? Like somebody goes, hey, you're here. Do you want to lead? It's like, uh, sure. 
But everywhere else, it's always been, hey, we don't have a drummer. Can you play drums? Hey, we don't have a bass player. Can you play bass? Well, recently at SOE, um, the guy um, that's in charge of worship there, his name is Josh Langer. He's from Germany. And uh, it kind of started with him. He randomly say, hey, I need an acoustic player. I want you to play acoustic with me. He didn't say, hey, uh, somebody stepped out. and Can you play acoustic? He said, I want you to play acoustic. I want you to play with me. I want you to join me in this. And it felt different. It felt like somebody was going on an adventure or a quest, and they're like, come with me. I want you to tag along. You know, it was Elijah and Elisha. It was, it was like, I want you here. I want you so you can learn. And um, that's what it's been feeling like. It's weird because I've been like, maybe God's calling me to aquaponics. Maybe God's calling me to do something. Maybe God's calling me back to school. Maybe God's calling me to just, like, focus on, like, just a straight life of something. I don't know. But every time, every time recently, like, David just said, over there, he goes, man, you got a real anointing for that. And inside my heart, I'm like, it's like when somebody says that, I'm like, yeah, but God's probably not going to do anything with it since I'm good at it. You know, because at YWAM, YWAM is known for like three things. Um, it's known for arranging marriages. It's known for not always having the most money until the day you need it. And then it's known, it's known for making you do something you've never been good at and then making you great at it. And um, that's what I've been wondering, you know, what's God's calling? And the crazy thing is in a few weeks um, from now, I think three weeks from now, on June 22nd, we'll be heading to um, San Antonio. Or first we'll go to New Orleans for a week and San Antonio for a week to start our stateside outreach. San Antonio, we're going to be working with a lot of, um, um, we're going to be at abortion clinics and stuff like that and just, you know, and evangelizing to people and tell them God's value for them and everything like that. And then we're going to be going to New Orleans and just doing street ministry. Well, then right after that, on Ju- July 8th, actually, um, we'll be getting on a plane in Dallas and heading, I'll be heading to Germany for five weeks. Um, it's a huge, huge, crazy thing. Never been out of the country. And we're going to start in Berlin and do like a kind of a circle down the bottom and come back up to Hamburg. And it's pretty crazy. We're going to be working with like um, hidden brothels in the area. We'll be going and evangelizing there. We'll be going evangelizing on the streets. We're going to l- work with a lot with youth ministry. And the main theme of it is the flame of his great love. And that's the thing that's really hit us is like this flame of his love. It's hot. It's bright. It's burning. And um, the thing is, and since we're going there and doing all this youth ministry, Yash has asked me to be the worship leader. And I almost turned him down, which was kind of funny. I was like, nah, you know, like it's fun, but I'm not exactly, I'm not great at it. I mean, it's just something I just do as a hobby, you know, because I always say this. um, This is kind of weird. A little bit about my testimony that I've realized in SOE is, what, like, what would you put down for something else? Like, start naming the things. You would just lay on the ground and pick up this, and you would lay it down. And then, in order, what you would lay down and what you would only pick the joy of the Lord. Like, no, you would lay it all down and be like, God, what brings you the most joy? I don't care about that. And it was hard because, you know, of course, it's like, oh, I'd lay down all this. But it's funny. The, it's like they tricked you. It's funny because in our schools, they, like, trick you. It's like a trick question. And then you're like, ah, you got me. Like, you can't escape it. It's really funny. Um. Like I said, you know what, I'd lay down the video. I'd lay down doing video and everything like that and being imaginative, like using my imagination to create something that people can see. I'd lay that down to pick up being a worship leader and being, or pick up being a musician. But the thing is, I would like destroy that guitar and all my talent and all, all my imagination just to be able to be a great father and a great husband one day. But then I would even destroy, like, and I just hold it, held on to that. I was like, that's what I want. Like, that's all I want to be that's all my dream because you know you can't really you can can't really be bad at being a good father and a good husband because i mean it's just a process 
But a musician, I mean, it's just like, it's a fill-in position, you know. Hey, I need a video. Hey, I need somebody. Nobody comes up, hey, I need a husband or I need a dad. Can you? It's like, uh, no. <laughs> but I just, I saw these. I visually saw these in a dream. And it was like I saw each one. I saw two rings here, a guitar and a, a nice video camera and just like something floating above it to represent my imagination. And the funny thing is, is I took this imagination thing and I was like, what is, what is this? Why is that above the camera? And then, and it was because I put it there. And then I did this, and I gave it to God. I gave my imagination to God in the stream, and He overflowed my imagination on top of all three of them. He said, "You know, Trey, I've blessed you with an imagination and a, the ability to dream about video, and the ability to dream about being a musician, and even to dream about being a father and a husband. I've given you this dream to do that." And I was like, "Whoa!" Like it just overflowed. It was like a little smoggy thing. And the funny thing is, is I picked up the two rings. And then I went to a different table, and this table, what it was, is it was a fire. And he goes, would you throw these in the fire if I told you to? And at first I'd be like, I don't know, God. Like, that's one of my biggest dreams right there. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to bless me with that? And he goes, I don't. And like, I felt like God say, would you throw them in there if I asked you to? And there's this piece inside that said, you know what, God, if you told me to give, give away this right that you've given me, I know in my heart that you would have a better plan. I know that you would have a better, you would give me a team. You would give me somebody that sharpens me like a friend or like a team or something. You know, so I, what I did is I just like, I just dropped it in the fire. And the funny thing is, is when I did that, it, the fire soothed and I picked it out and the rings were molded together and they were, they could never be broken. Like I just felt like they couldn't be broken. And he goes, when you're able to sacrifice and surrender that to me, then I can make it stronger than you can because he has more strength than I do. So when I look at my imagination, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe this, a think tank, you know, I'm saying stuff. But the thing is, when I give it to God, he, it's, like, it's like I send a, a, just an envelope to God, and he sends it back with whatever I need, you know. Instead of me trying to fill the envelope, he fills it for me. Um, and that's just been like a big thing in my life recently is like, what, how does, what's God's identity in me? Is it the musician? Is it? But it's it's more than that, and that's the funny thing. Through each one of these things, I have like an ability to do something. That's uh, the ability to let my voice be heard through video. My voice, my imagination can be heard through music. It can be heard, and through my marriage, my one day marriage, and maybe one day being my one day being a father. Um, if God allows me to do that, it's going to let my voice be heard in some way, and that's the main thing. Is that God has told me as my identity that what I have to say is important, and that I should say it. What I, have to, what I have to say means something to somebody else, and I should say it. And I feel like God's maybe given me the anointing to be a speaker. I don't know what that necessarily means. <laughs> I came up with this in the funniest way. Um, they asked three people to give a sermon one day. They randomly picked them out, and they said, okay, by tomorrow I'll have a sermon ready. And, I mean, everybody's like, easy. You know, in SOE, everybody's like, I could bust out a sermon. Well, everybody procrastinated <laughs> because that night we all went to Walmart and got groceries, and we just, like, watched a movie that night. And the next morning, we're like, we have to write a sermon. And all of them are like, what do I write? What do I write? What do I write? We're all sitting at the same table, and we're wondering what to do. And I'm not, they're, they're in their zone. I'm in, I'm in Trey land. I'm like, and I'm just going after it and writing whatever comes to my brain. We get up there, and they ask who goes first. And I mean, who, who do you think would raise their hand to go first? Like, who wants to go first? I guess I do. Like, I usually try to give people a chance instead of being like, oh, 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 sorry. And, but <laughs> I just like being first because if you ain't first, you're last. And anyways, that's a joke. Um, I got up there and I just, I gave, I wrote the sermon in like 10 minutes 
and I felt like guilt from writing the sermon in 10 minutes. I got up there, and I, I just spoke, and I was like, is uh, Muslow's uh, pyramid, I forgot what his name is, but it's this pyramid, and I didn't do the same exact sermon. Uh, I just kind of did something different. And mainly it was funny because in that 10 minutes, God actually spoke to me that sermon. He didn't speak it to them. I just kind of was saying whatever the Holy Spirit was what the Holy Spirit was giving me, and God was actually trying to give me that sermon. It was like, you know, if you start with, you know, your shelter and food and then this and then your friends and then your culture and then you, if you start here, if you go, God, I need this, please help me. God's going to be like, who are you? Who, I don't know who you are. You just came into my office. I don't even know you, you know. And so what we have to do is we have to flip this whole entire pyramid down. We have to start with us at the base. God wants to know you. Like, that's the most important thing. And like, so I started going into that. If God knows who you are, then he knows your needs. If you just go to him, like, I've been so scared. Does God want me to get angry at him? You know, you ever ask yourself that question? I've, who's been mad at God once or twice? I mean, don't be shy. It's okay. All right, sweet. Oh, we got a few over here. I saw Clay's hand go up. That's right. Um, I have always, ne- I've never gotten mad at God. I was the kid. This is, <laughs> my mom makes fun of me. She said this at my graduation party, funny enough, graduation. But she said I'd be sitting in the restroom, and she would, she would go to the door, and she'd hear me talking. Like, what is, what is he saying right now? She listens in, and I'm talking to two people. And she didn't understand who I was talking to until she sat there and learned. But what I was doing is I was like, yeah, Satan, we're best friends. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. God, he doesn't even know I'm tricking him. We're not even friends. I'm totally going to make him look like a, you know, stupid. Like, in a, And I'm talking, yeah, Satan, we're buds. No, God, we're, I'm just joking with him. Like, you know, I was doing that. <laughs> I was like five years old, and I'm having a conversation with God, and like I'm trying to trick Satan into a trick. I'm like, no, I'm going to trick him. And, like, that was my thing. I never, you know, you don't make God mad because I've seen the lightning thing. That's not okay. And recently, like, things have just been happening in my head and in my life and in my spiritual walk and my prayer. I'm just like, God, like, why is it when I get to this awesome point, it's just like, goof, and I'm back in the valley again. Every time I try to climb out, you push me back in. And it's like I've been asking God. I've never once ever been angry with you, God. I've always just been pleading with you, but I've never been angry. It's always been like Job, you know. I've had reasons to get angry, but I just want to ask questions instead. And I'm trying to wonder, God, what do you want me to do? Because I, I will get mad at you, I mean, if you ask me to, but why would you do that? The funny thing is I realized something. I recently was asked by a really close, close friend of mine back at YWAM, what makes you angry? And I'm like, that question makes me angry. Because it's, it's, I don't want people to know, because I'm a joyful guy. I mean, there's, only, there's probably a select few people in here before, after elementary school, if you knew me in elementary school, you're not allowed to say this, but they actually have seen me angry. I don't think I've ever, any, maybe one or two people in this room have seen me, like, angry. Because I don't, in public, or in, in front of people, I'm not, I'm not an angry person. That's just not me. I'm a joyful, I'm a joyful long, young lad, you know, with red hair. And um, this, my friend asked me, what makes you angry? And uh, it affected me, because I was like, I don't, I don't want to tell you, and I don't really know, and I don't want to say I don't get angry. That's ridiculous, but I do get angry, and so God started poking me. What makes you angry, Trey? Huh? What makes you angry? Does this make you angry? Like, you know, like not in a mean way. He's like, Trey, tell me what makes you angry, and I'm like, why do I need to tell you? And the reason why is when you really get to know somebody, you know what makes them mad, and you know what makes them happy, because God, he says people will perform miracles, do healings and stuff in my name, but still I will tell them, leave me, for I never knew you. He doesn't say, leave me, for you never knew me. You can know, you know, a butt ton about the gospel, but, like, if you don't, if he doesn't know you, like, that's the important thing. You know, knowing God is secondhand knowledge. You know, like, reading the Bible, it's, 
And this is how I got tested that. Because I was like, why does he want me to get angry? And I was like, Trey, why do you believe in Jesus? I go, well, in the Bible it says this. And they go, when you go up to somebody on the streets that doesn't know the Bible, why do you believe in Jesus? It's like, without using the Bible and telling you why I believe in Jesus is extremely difficult. Because my whole life I've been addicted to ministry. I've been addicted to being in the worship band or just I brought my Bible to school when I was in high school because they said, hey, if you're in the worship band, then you have to have that life in public. I said, okay, I will. And so I did all the time. And so I went up back to my friend, and he goes, Trey, Trey, what makes you happy? And I'm like, man, I don't even know that question. And it's because of the fact that I don't know what makes me mad, so I don't know what's going to make me extremely happy. So finally I came to this. Like, one thing that makes me mad is when somebody – makes fun or talks about one of my friends that's not true or talks about anybody, and it's not true about them at all. It's just a judgment of their character when they don't know their character. That hurts me because it's like I'm very I'm protective over my friends and over the people around me. And then God was like, okay, keep going. And I feel like lately he's been trying to say, Trey, what makes you mad? Because I want to know, know what makes you mad, not to, to protect you from that. If you come to me, you're like, God, I'm angry. He goes, good, now I know because you've told me. I mean, it's not like he doesn't know. But the thing is, for instance, does God want us to pray for healing? If somebody's up here and they had a broken leg, does he want us to pray for it or does he need us to? Because the thing is, if he just wants us to, then that's not giving us free will. If he needs us to, then that's different. It's not making him needy. He's saying, please, Trey, pray for this knee. I need to heal this knee. I need to heal it. I need you to pray. He's not like, Trey, I want you to pray so you can heal it. He's saying, I need you to pray so I can heal it, not so we can and so that's what's been happening. I need you to tell me what makes you angry so I can help you. I don't want you to. I need you to, to protect you. And so that in SOE, that's what I've learned. God, God's not needy. He just needs things to happen so he can do the job. Not so He doesn't want it to happen so we can do it. He needs it to happen so he can do it. And that's like the biggest thing in school of evangelism right now. And next week's going to be crazy. We're talking about theology. And I know in class I'm just going to be like, Oh, the first question they ask, this is the funniest story. They walk in the room. This is exactly how they bust in the room the first day. The teacher comes in and he goes, okay, everybody, were you born with sin or were you born into a world of sin? Everybody in the room goes like this. Uh, no, I'm not going to answer. Like, I'm, And then everybody just battles like theology and it says in the Bible and doodly doo done. Woo, Yeah. And I know, because I'm not a big, my opinion, like, that's not me. And I'm just like, I'm here to learn, not here to say, you know. And it's funny because I was challenged last week because they were talking about theology and this craziness. And, like, I felt like I knew the answer. And the, an- the question was, was Satan in the garden before or after Eve? Something simple. And I was just like, oh, did Satan fall before or after Eve? And I was just like, before? Before? No, no, no. Like, that's just me in class. You can, I mean, nobody's here that's in class. But I always go, no. Like, I always do that in class. And so we just learn theology. And I realize that it's good. You know, even even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut. So I'm like, whoop. And this is what School of Evangelism has done in my life. And so the reason I tell you what School of Evangelism has done in my life is because you guys, like, I know it's hard to sound sincere when you're on a stage with a microphone. But I would not be in the life I am right now if it wasn't for my church. Like, I want y'all to understand that. It's not, and it's not just David and Brenda who I call every once in a while. It's not just, you know, it's not just certain people. It's every person that attends this church. No matter if you 
ever give in the offering basket, no matter if you ever fall asleep in church or not, no matter if you sing the songs of worship, no matter if you're Christian or not, if you attend this building on Sundays, you've impacted my life because you're part of my support. And it doesn't matter if I talk to you every week or every time I'm here. If you're here, like, it means that and not supporting me. I mean, like, if you come here, you support me. But it's if you come here, I see, when I see each person in one of these seats, even the kids, I know that these people are the people I'll go to on Sunday and that will be excited to hear a story and be excited to hear what's happening in my life. You know, and that brings me so much joy. You know, it's more than just walking into Walmart seeing four people I know from school. They're like, what are you up to? I know all they want to hear, truthfully and honestly, is like, oh, I'm a missionary. It's Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to Germany a few weeks. That's awesome. How are you? They say a few things. Okay, hope everything goes well for you. I mean, that's Walmart, you know, talk. You guys know. This is Canyon. Walk in the show. Oh, hey, yeah, how are you? That's great. Awesome. Hope you have fun with that. And then it's just, it's not bad, but I know when I come here, you guys want to know the story because you guys support me. And I feel like you guys are just, if it wasn't, you guys were the first step. This church was the first step to YWAM and to the life I live right now. This life of, I found my identity, like, praise the Lord, I found this. You know, it's, for you guys, it's not just like, this isn't, this building and this church, the people, isn't just a check that comes in the mail. This is just a building of full people that are fully in support of me. You know, being at YWAM all the time, it's really tough to really be like, people support me when you call home and some of your family is like, well, what are you going to do after this? Are you going to get a job, go to school? It's like, I don't know. They're like, you don't know. And I'm like, yeah. You know, I just heard an awesome thing from Clay. Let tomorrow worry about itself because today has enough problems. And good old scripture. And it's like I need to li- It's so hard to live by that because <laughs> I'm a big worrier. But I just I praise the Lord every time I get the chance for every single person in this room and every single seat in this room that's going to be filled one day. I praise the Lord for that. You know, every single bit of y'all that come here. And uh, the next step right now in YWAM is I'm trying to get outreach money for um, Germany. And um, the total, I don't know, I don't know if y'all got the newsletter or ever posted it. I posted what it was. It was, uh, it was 2800 to go to Germany, stateside and Germany. Um, that June 10th, we're supposed to buy, buy our plane tickets or they get more expensive. And we've been in deep, constant prayer. And I've been praying whether or not I should get in front of the church or say this or not. And then God just reminds me what you have to say is important. So I'm like, okay. By June 10th, I think, I'm pretty sure we need 1500 for the plane ticket. And so just be play, praying for provision and praying for that um, to just, that the Lord will just provide in the craziest, cool ways and that he'll just, he'll be there. And um, also some other prayer requests actually for YWAM is also that I keep on trying to find my identity and I keep on trying to find my identity in Christ and that I don't worry about tomorrow anymore, that I let today have its own worries. And um, also just in general, some of our team, is starting to try to, like, disconnect and trying to be like, well, they said this, and I don't like them. And I don't, like, you all know the way I feel about that. I just said, like, I'm not a fan. And um, we've been trying, I've been trying to be the peacemaker, but through being the peacemaker, I'm taking burdens on myself. So just pray that I don't try to take other people's burdens on and stuff like that. And I finally just say, you know, God's going to heal that, you know, and God's going to provide and want to do things in that. And I thank you guys so much again for letting me come up here and speak. Also be able to lead worship for you guys. Um, I feel like God has just given me a great chance to be able to bless other people through that and especially bless my church back home. Thank you guys so much for letting me come and speak um, and just talk about my life so far. And I really hope, I pray that God really blesses this church and 
Um, also blesses the Jordans. Or do I say y'all's last? I can, I'm just going to say the Jordans. <laughs> blesses the Jordans as they go to Houston. It's an awesome place. We've had a lot of teams go there. But, um, but yeah, and just every, every, every single one of y'all, I want to just pray a blessing over. And whatever you guys are looking to do, like I really do pray that God like really blossoms it. It doesn't just kind of be like, oh, yeah, look at that. It's like a douche. Like, you know, like, oh, wow, I can't even see it. John, Jonathan thinks I'm funny. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, thank you guys so much for letting me speak. And David Crump. Yeah, all right.